This is Discover Ignite Podcast, where I talk about mindset, optimization, and perspective to help ignite your mindset for change. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 55. I'm your host, Marcus. And in this episode, we're talking about my five life-changing books. Now, this list has been updated, uh, I think, a couple different times. I think for a long period of time, I had the same five books. And then I've read a couple more recent books that essentially made it into their top five. But ultimately, these books, I think, have really reshaped the world the world as I see it. And why I've always pushed to to try to read as much as possible, try to get as much perspective as possible, uh, because you know I've I've read, I've gotten to a point where I've read uh, roughly between about forty to sixty books a year, and it was hard because some books they did seem very much the same. Uh, but being said, there are books that really stood out and books uh, that essentially solidified themselves as my top five that I, I really enjoyed and uh, they really helped me look at the world differently. Uh, now, these books, uh, again, they aren't in any particular order. Uh, I do have them listed if you go to my uh, YouTube channel and stuff like that. I do have them listed there, uh, but uh, these particular books are are books that have, again, shaped the way I see life now. And so being said, um, I think the first book I want to bring up is The Rise of Superman. Now, this particular book was a book that that really got me tapped into, you know, understanding what flow and what purpose is. And, you know, I always kind of, we all kind of know what that flow is because you get in that state essentially where, you know, everything is effortless and it seems like you could do no wrong. It's like, you know, shooting like a hundred point game, right? And and not in a hundred percentage points game and not even missing a shot. You're just on fire and that's all that is is just coming out of you, right? And you feel uh, 100% energized in this this flow, flow state and you lose sense of uh, sense of time and self and this book solidifies that and really kind of helps you uh, tune into that and realize what it is and what you're what you can do with it. And it's reshaped a lot of my perspectives, especially on um, on what to think about specific things in life. And and when you're going after purpose, when you're going after those things that you enjoy and trying to remain in this flow state and the importance of it, uh, because it takes a lot of uh, people that do extreme sports and, and because they're almost they're almost in a surreal state of mind and understand that, you know, a lot of them are life or death and, and one wrong move uh, could essentially end their life. And being said, you know, he takes that perspective and, and really dissects it in, into what you can use it to transition it to business, to life, whatever the case is and keep you in this flow state. And I've used this many different times in understanding where that is and being aware of it is important uh, because if you are aware of it, you can fine tune it a lot better. And self-awareness is such a big thing uh, because you 
when you do that, that's where true change happens. And when you understand where flow state is and, and defining a flow state and, and defining what purpose is. And a lot of people may not think that uh, flow state is a purpose. In my mind, I would probably define flow state is, is a type of purpose that when you're, when you're listening to your instincts, uh, this flow state, I think, ultimately helps guide you because I don't think it is always the same. And when you were tuned into this flow state, you find different purpose. Because when it comes to purpose, I've always said, follow your instinct and how important that is and realize that you don't always get the next step. But when you're following this, this flow, it takes you into different um, to different areas in your life that you never thought were even even possible. And even myself, I've been doing a lot more of this lately. And it's taken me to uh, coming into NFTs and stuff and, and realizing how much of um, my, my artistic side is really starting to come out. And people, I'm seeing people really appreciate that. And I always thought that I, I was just not good enough in that area to really make something of it. And now to think that uh, I might even have a possibility of, of developing something with a skill that I have that I've always enjoyed, but just never really shared it with a lot of people. And so finding this flow state and understanding uh, how it works, I, I think is tremendous because a lot of people just don't understand it. Uh, but again, a lot of things that we don't understand, you know, we, we feel like people just may have God-given talent on specific things. Yes, I think we all have some level of talent in us, but uh, when you can tune it and tune into it is what matters. And this book really allows you to do that um, at, the, at the best possible way and what to look for. And that's really what matters is being aware of these things and how it works and realize that it's not just a permanent switch, but it's a maintainable state of mind that you have to be uh, constantly uh, aware of in, in fine-tuning and learn, getting new perspectives. That's where all the different things I talk about really come from is from this particular book is, is how to fine-tune that and, and tap into that. Um, that is my first book. And there's a couple more books here. So obviously, there's we got four more books. Yes, we can all count. <laughs> but um, one of the other books I have, I mean, there's there's been so many great books, I'm not going to lie. And so even co coming into this, um, one of my all-time favorite books, again, it's top five, so obviously, but this has been almost one of my number one books almost every time. Every time I reread it, I always uh, get new thoughts and ideas. It's always been how to win friends and influence people. And this book is amazing because we are all human. We're all emotional creatures and understanding what we look for subconsciously is important uh, because you need to find that in yourself. You need to define that in yourself and you need to know what other people are looking at and how they are defining themselves and understand that we are all the same. We are all looking at the same things. And so when you take a moment and stop reflecting on yourself and reflect upon others and their, their God-given talents and everything that they're doing in their lives and trying to improve their lives, you realize that by focusing on them and listening to them genuinely and actually being interested 
and, and, and stop, you know, I talk about being, uh, you need to be self first a lot. So you're not as important when you, cause you have to take care of the foundation. Uh, but when you start um, going out, right? Like when you dedicate that hour yourself to your time to read or, or to write or to go work out, that is self first meditation. That is self first is maintaining the foundation. And then you go out and you start uh, focusing on other things on other people and genuinely listening to what, you know, they're doing in their lives and pinpointing the, the good things that are going on in their lives and, and encouraging them and, and allowing them to expand whatever ta- talent it is that they have, right? And trying to pull that out of people, I think is really genuine in acknowledging the other person because a lot of times we don't acknowledge people. And even nowadays, this book was written, written way, way back a long, long time ago. I don't recall when exactly this book was written. It was, I think it was written in the beginning of the 19th century. Uh, but being said, um, you have to understand that this is even we're even more separated from this and understanding that uh, we need to acknowledge other people and we don't do that. A lot of times we may um, see someone else and, you know, we just don't acknowledge who they are or what they're doing. And, you know, we're like we get internally and we start thinking, man, well, they're so talented in this or that. Why am I not that talented as opposed to, uh, going out and in really harnessing your talent and exposing that, like I said, like with my arts, like I didn't really expose that. People really didn't know that side of me. And then when I started exposing it, people really took to it, and it surprised me that people would take to it so much. And so when you start doing that and, and pinpointing other people, right? People uh, do it, and it's not a selfish thing because your talents needs to be shared, and it's selfish for you to keep it in, and it's selfish for you to not uh, express, right, or, or, or give credit to where credit is due for other people's talents, because a lot of people are very talented. And for myself, I'm even noticing this, especially in this day and age where, you know, people are so much into uh, with the ads and everything that are going on. So it makes you believe that you are not perfect in every shape or way, shape or war any way, shape, or form, but understand that, you know, perfection is in the eye of the beholder, and it's not uh, by somebody else that is is trying to sell you something, uh, but just listening and, and being genuine with people, it goes a long way. It goes a tremendous way, and, and so this book really allows you to do that and allows you to uh, define, you know, what we see in ourselves, what matters to us. And this is where I've one of the biggest things I've always gotten is to use people's names because people hold great weight in their name. And if you can use their name, if you can repeat their name, you know, people like that. They like to hear their name. This is why people a lot of times will get very defensive if you mispronounce their name because their name is very valuable, but you wouldn't you, you don't consciously think of it, but you are quick to correct if someone does mess up your name someone uses your name, you, you feel uh, more encouraged to do whatever it is that they're saying, or you feel, uh, you feel of value when people use your name. Your name is like a keepsake. And so being said, um, this is one of the biggest things I've learned. Uh, I've learned many, th- many, many uh, lessons about human psychology from this book, uh, but that being the primary one and, and smiling 
and, and realize the effect it has on people. And there was just a bunch of little intricacies about this book that allow you to use human psychology and not, and not try to use it in a bad fashion, but use it in a way that brings it out of people. Because a lot of times, again, we are so fixated on ourselves that we, we can't, we should know, we should define these things in ourselves and then start defining them in other people and let people know that you see that and people appreciate that. And you, some of the best friendships you can think of in your life are, are formed from this and, and people will love and admire you for this. And that's not to, to say to do this because of that, because I, I do it because I like making someone stay. I like making someone feel good in making, helping someone uh, define who they are. This is why I started Discover Ignite to, to help me uncover myself and to also help others see the, the power and uh, the talents that they behold in themselves. And to be able to do that, you have to acknowledge who they are and what they're doing and, and show that, hey, I see you. And what you're doing is phenomenal. Keep it going and motivating people because that is very hard. But when we do it together, we can make great strides. And again, this is why I love this book, because it allows you to dive deep into human psychology. Uh, so with that, um, again, a phenomenal book. I, I love that book. Uh, this is another one. A lot of people may not like this just because of the title. And I always bring this up because I think it is extremely important, um, even for myself. You know, I, I try not to, to overwork. So this is the third book, right? So I try not to, for a long time, I just used to sit and ponder and wait and procrastinate. And I never took a lot. I took action to an extent, but never uh, to the point to where I was really enjoying my day and, and making changes that I really wanted to. Yes, I did that when I needed to, but it wasn't a continuous thing. I never challenged myself to push myself to see what I was really, um, the value that I really had and what I was really capable of. And so this next book, Outwitting the Devil, is one of my favorite books. And I know, again, the title is going to throw a lot of people off, but understand that it is this reference uh, has no association with religion. It may in some way, shape, or form uh, to an extent, but if you can uh, disconnect from that piece and understand it doesn't go through a bunch of different things and talk about uh, maybe you're not religious, it's not that kind of book. It's more so gauged on uh, a guy trying to discover himself and realizing that the devil or aka, you know, that other side, that, that voice inside your head right? And it's playing the game with a voice inside your head. That's how I see this book. And that's why I love this book, because you always have that voice that's so negative in your head, telling you uh, why you procrastinate. And this book breaks that all down, because halfway through the book, it just talks about his life. And then oh, it leads you up to where he is right now, and the, the issues he's having right now. And then it flips about, uh, I would say about one third of the book is just up to his journey to now. And then the rest of the book just is a conversation with the devil and what he talks about how 
and how procrastination and how he gets people to procrastinate in like over their dreams and and how he does it and how he navigates your brain your brain to do that. And so I took it upon myself as a challenge. Well, this is a challenge against yourself and the devil or yourself. That voice, that negative voice, you all we all have in our head that causes us to uh, not believe in ourselves and realize that you know there's that you can't achieve this thing because you don't have a reference point to where you ever achieved it. So how could you achieve it and realize that there are uh, these different traps that you you're setting for yourself, but if you can overcome them, you realize that you start uh, becoming this, this person that you never thought possible. You're doing things you never thought possible. You're getting in shape that you never thought possible, or you're you're create, writing a book that you never thought possible, or you're going out creating your own business, or you're doing something that you never thought you would ever consider yourself doing. But it's understanding that you're going to be going against the grain when it comes to that inner voice denying everything that is going on. And, and the traps that it plays with you, because that's essentially what the, how the book defines it, is these little traps that you are setting for yourself. And if you fall into them, you'll never make progress. You need to challenge that voice, challenge that voice. And this is, again, in my mind, that is that conversation with that voice. And no, you're not going to uh, put me down anymore. I'm going to exceed this. I'm going to break out of those those points of reference in which I thought I could never do it and, and actually define and visualize and live that moment in the present day. And to be able to do that, I have to overcome that thought process. And so again, this is really defined a lot of different ways in which I approach uh, that voice in my head. And when I start feeling not confident at all, I start thinking about that. That is exactly what my mind wants me to think. And I have to get past that. And this is how I can do that and, and not lapse and not just let time pass because I realize that my brain will, will try to win the battle every single time. And it will, if I let it. So I have to challenge that. So again, that is one of my favorite books. Um, again, my number, my third favorite book. Uh, the next one I have is obstacle in the way uh, obstacle in the way is one book that defines, you know, a lot of different times when you start talking about life and you start getting into life, um, you think there's just one way. And a lot of times we think because of a specific test, if we fail it, that that's just it, that that dream, that hope is completely shattered. And this book puts things in different perspective. Well, maybe that wasn't the, the right way. You know, you're trying to take something head on. And a lot of times when you try to take something head on, you realize that there is a lot more resistance head on. But if you can approach things at a different angle, it could be so much easier. And this is a big reason why I changed my psychology about, you know, you know, you should be a master of one. And I've realized in life that that is not the case at all. I realize in life that the more you, you do different things, you gain different perspectives that help you solve a particular problem so much easier. This book really put that in perspective for me, realizing that, you know, 
And someone I always bring up is Leonardo da Vinci. And, you know, he was, he did, um, he was an architect. He, he did anatomy. He did art. He did all these other different things. Uh, and he 